Let's go with Larry Fitzgerald. I'm Jim Gray. Larry, how are you today? I'm fantastic, Jim. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Week three. Here we are. <laughs> here we go again. But everybody seems to be in a hurry. Here we go, except for Mike McCarthy. Uh, I was at that game yesterday. Uh, the Cowboys and the Chargers. Fantastic stadium uh, out there at SoFi in Los Angeles. What happened to Mike McCarthy? I mean, here he is preparing for a 56-yard field goal like that's field goal range for Greg Zerline, who the week before missed an extra point against Tampa, missed a short field goal, would have won the game and beaten the defending champions, and he's letting 25 seconds run off the clock inexplicably with a timeout as the game is winding down so his kicker can kick a 56-yard field goal. Here's how he explained it, Larry, after the game. The clock I was watching uh, went off the board, and then, you know, Clock Kellen had, uh, I think he said a camera, he, he got blocked by a camera guy. So the communication was great from up top. Well, there are about 97 clocks in this stadium. Everywhere you look, there's a clock. So I don't know what he's talking about. Um, he lost control of the game, and there is no explanation for this, Larry. They won the game. Greg the Leg bailed him out, but really? If you're a player and you see this going on, how do you react? Well, Jim, first of all, I mean, it, you know, it's always you learn a lot from winning um, close games like that. You'd be able to overcome some adversity. But obviously, as a player, um, you know, you, you scratch your head a little bit because these are situations that you practice constantly throughout the course of the week, training camp, situation of football as you prepare for the season. And, um, you know, there's plays that you have um, that you can that you can run at the line of scrimmage to be able to get, you know, three or four yards um, to be able to get to certain hashes that the, that the kicker's comfortable kicking from. But with that amount of time and also having timeouts, you would have definitely wanted to have a closer kick for Zerline after, especially after what happened week one with the struggles he had. So we see, Larry, how players get handled by coaching staffs when they screw something up. But how do players confront or handle coaches when they know the coach is just making such a horrible mistake and their jobs are on the line. Well, as leaders, you know, you would talk to a coach about what you would do differently in those in those positions, you know, not in front of the team, but, you know, as a captain, as a leader, you know, you would talk to a coach about what you could do to help him, you know, make better uh, informed decisions to be able to put our team in, in position to win. You know, this is a collective group effort. Coaches have to coach, players have to play. And, you know, it's so much better when you can do it um, after a win, you know, as opposed to a loss. And um, I think the players and coaches, you know, coming together, you know, these moments can bring a team together or they can tear it apart. And fortunately, they were able to get a win and hopefully can bring them together moving forward. If you're in management and you are in management now as you're a co-owner and associate owner of the Phoenix Suns, put yourself in the position of ownership here. Do you have confidence in Mike McCarthy going forward, or are you looking for a replacement knowing this guy just makes these mistakes all the time? This isn't one time. It's all the time. Well, I think you have to take everything into consideration, Jim. They lost uh, on the road season opener against the greatest player of all time in Tom Brady. Um, you know, that a game that you could have won. Um, I don't think you make any rash decisions one-on-one um, leading your division at this point right now. I, I think you got to let the season kind of play out. They have a wealth of talent, um, you know, a franchise quarterback and Dak Prescott that they believe in and, you know, fantastic receiving cores, outstanding defense. I mean, this is a very talented Dallas Cowboys football team. I just think it's a little too early to be pulling the plug on your coach. 
be an easy decision for me. He would have lost my confidence going forward. Let's Go is brought to you by GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Play your favorite slot and table games like blackjack, roulette, and so much more. Download the app onto your phone or play online at GoldenNuggetCasino.com. You must be 21 or over. Available only in Michigan and New Jersey. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117 or 1-800-GAMBLER. Coming soon to your state. GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Larry, as we continue on this same theme, now you're putting your fate as a player on a kicker to make a 56-yard field goal. The guy missed that extra point, as we discussed last week. They lost by two points, missed a field goal as well. And this week, he's a hero. Can you begin to explain what life as a kicker is like in the NFL and how he's received by his teammates? It's like a high-wired tightrope walk, Jim. I mean, every single week, you never know when you're going to be in position to either win or lose a game. Um, There's no warning. You don't have much time to prepare. You just have to be able to go out there and execute it um, often cold. And, you know, I know it's stressful. You know, I talk to a specialist throughout the years. They all are a little different. They're they're wired a little differently um, because they don't have 60 plays, 70 plays to be able to get prepared and make plays throughout the course of the game. Um, you know, you put a lot of faith in, in, in these guys and, you know, you want them to come through in the clutch. And, and that extreme pressure is for everybody because now the fate of the whole team is, is on the foot of this one guy who you've just described as they're a little bit off and they're off on the side to themselves. Have you ever seen guys snap at a kicker when they've missed a game-winning field goal or an extra point? Yeah, I've, I've seen it on several occasions. I guess the most famous one, um, you know, probably be after Monday night uh, collapse we had against the Chicago Bears when famously Coach Green, you know, went on a t- uh, on his famous tirade after the game, and um, unfortunately we missed a we missed a kick. Um, you know that would help us, you know, secure that victory. And it it was a it was a rough scene in the locker room after that. But um, I've seen I've seen quite a few times where you know there's been some some words exchanged. It's a lot of pressure, Jim. It's a a lot of tension. A lot of Work has gone into the preparation and, you know, everybody just wants to win. And, um, you know, usually it's, it's the criticism is uh, it's constructive, but sometimes, you know, guys' emotions, you know, puts them over the line. And how did Neil Rackers, he was the kicker, how did he handle it? What was that like? Well, I mean, he, I can't remember exactly how, how he responded. Um, I just remember there was a, there was some commotion and a lot of it, you know, a lot of energy um, in the locker room after, but, you know, he bounced back and, you know, became a pro bowl kicker for, for many seasons. But, um, you know, it's when you, when you have games like that, you want to do well, you, you want to succeed, you get put in those positions. These are the moments that you all want as a player. And, um, you know, when they don't come the way that you want it to come, you know, sometimes your teammates don't, don't handle it in the best fashion. So Larry, is it only kickers or does that extend to guys who might fumble the ball and cost the team in an important situation like uh, Edward Salar did last night for the Kansas City Chiefs and turns the ball over and the Ravens end up winning that game? Do guys end up snapping at receivers or quarterbacks or in this case a running back who fumbles when, when, when they're on a game-winning drive? Um, I've seen it happen on several occasions. It doesn't happen if it's a, the first time it happens, but if it's if it's repeatedly, you're putting the ball on the ground week after week. Um, you're dropping key um, third down conversions or, or touchdowns. You know, people get tired of, of seeing the same story, and you know it, you're going to be confronted not only by your coaches but by your teammates. They want to see you do well. They want the very best for you, 
but you know there's there's a level of expectation that we all have um that you know every we're i'm doing my job and i expect you to be doing yours and so i do i I have seen it so were you the guy to put your arm around a guy or were you the guy to kick him in his ass and kick him when he was down for the most part i was the guy to always put my arm around him you know everybody else was you know saying what they were saying but you know the one thing that you always want to have as an athlete is your confidence and once you lose your confidence it's very difficult to regain it um, especially in those type of situations so it's important you know especially when the season's going you, you know you're going to be counting on that player in the future and you want to give him the confidence that he needs uh, to be able to overcome that adversity and that's why you were the nfl man of the year larry always putting your arm around a guy and trying to be uplifting as we continue here on Let's Go. Let's remind everybody, our program is brought to you by Del Frisco Steakhouse. It's the Double Eagle Steakhouse, serving the highest quality steaks and seafood with exceptional hospitality. Visit delfriscos.com for reservations at one of our 16 locations nationwide. That's D-E-L-F-R-I-S-C-O-S dot com. Larry, the officiating in the National Football League, it's the subject matter every week, every year, and this year no different. It's just bad in certain instances, and and the replay booth doesn't seem to get it correct or or creates more controversy. Julio Jones yesterday had a catch uh, for the Titans. It was a touchdown ruled on the field. It was overturned. Uh, It was a magnificent catch. Looked like he had both feet inbound, certainly both, you know, tipped the toe, and then the back of his heel, it was determined, may have been uh, that ever-so-slight fraction uh, on the end zone. Really too difficult to tell. But when you're watching this at home, Larry, as you are now and not a player on the field, uh, do you share the frustration that the fans have of not knowing what's going on with the officiating almost at any point in the game? Uh, I I do and I don't, Jim. I think we all have the luxury when you're sitting at home watching it on your high-definition TV, seeing – you know, 20 different angles of a, of a catch. That official has to make that that ruling in a split second. Um, and, you know, it's very difficult, those guys, to be able to do that. Um, you know, obviously the call was corrected and, and, and made right, fortunately for Julio. But, you know, the Chargers, um, unfortunately, didn't have that same luxury as, you know, we saw two decisive plays, um, you know, which essentially cost them the game yesterday. Um, but, you know, that was awful. it needs to be. Whether it's right or wrong, that officiating in those instances is just horrendous. And then they called a guy for forward progress in a sack when he wasn't being sacked and he was moving backwards. And 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 Justin Herbert, that was a terrible injustice. That was back to back calls after taking away two touchdowns. Yeah. And that, and that the fans a- the fans are watching these games, they're cheering for their teams. There's so much gambling going on now. Uh, that it's actually costing people money, not only the casinos, but the gamblers at home. There's just a lot riding on this, and, and, and then replay gets it wrong. You're right about the guys on the field making these split-second decisions, but what about the people who get to review it and look at it over and over and over again, and millions of people at home can see it, yet those in the booth don't seem to share the same opinion? That's the frustration. Yeah, I share frustration in that when you see a call that's you know goes to the booth and it still doesn't seem like it comes out right. That it that is frustrating. But I will add to that point, Jim, is you know oftentimes you see when these plays happen and players, it feels like they 
they let the, that moment just linger, you know, two or three, four plays. Coaches continue to argue their point when they should be getting the plays in. You know, it's, it's essential for players to be able to move forward and be able to to deal with it um, because the game has to continue. And, you know, you, you never know when that play is that's going to be decisive that could possibly be coming down um, the road for you. So, I mean, I just I just think you got to continue to keep playing um, as a player and not think so much about the officiating. Hope that it gets done right, but you got to play your game. But I understand the players and the coaches continuing because there was a referee in the NBA. His name was Dick Bavetta. And they always thought that if you worked Dick hard enough, you'd get a makeup call. And I love Dick. He's a wonderful guy. Wonderful <laughs> hey, remember official. That, remember, and, remember when he raced Charles Barkley that one time in the All-Star game? <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. And, and Dick would greet everybody. Dick would greet everybody with a kiss on the cheek, so I'm not trying to disparage him in any way. But the feeling was that if you worked him hard enough, you'd get the makeup call. So isn't that what the players and coaches are doing in the NFL three and four and five plays later that you're talking about? They're trying to get him to make up for a mistake? Um, I don't know. I, I think you're just hoping they don't make that same mistake in the next few plays. I think that's what you're thinking. Oh, here we go. You're putting your arm around the officials again. Don't worry, Larry. You're not going to be fine. We don't find you here on Let's Go. You docked my pay a couple of times. <laughs> not today. Not today. We're going to let you slide. The commissioner in the home office may have a different approach. We'll see what they say. So much more coming up here on Let's Go. We're sponsored by United Wholesale Mortgage. Any athlete will tell you it helps to work with an expert. For buying or refinancing a home, your expert is an independent mortgage broker. Find one at findamortgagebroker.com. Powered by United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC. Equal housing lender. NMLS number 3038, licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. That's United Wholesale Mortgage at findamortgagebroker.com. Lots more going on around the National Football League. We'll cover it all when we return with Larry Fitzgerald. Stay with us right here on Sirius XM. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Hi, everyone. This is Heisman Trophy winner and NFL quarterback Doug Flutie. I'm excited to tell you that my podcast, the Flutie Flakes cast, is back for the entire football season. I may have played like 21 years of professional football in three different leagues, but I'm still just a big kid and I absolutely love this game. Every week we'll talk about the topics I care about and bring on super fun guests. So please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app. Include it with most subscriptions. Welcome back to Let's Go. Our program is brought to you by USAA Insurance. We're dedicated to helping the military community protect what they've worked hard for with insurance that meets their high standards. Get the coverage you deserve. USAA Insurance. USAA! Larry, a lot of uh, teams need some insurance around the quarterback circumstance. Uh, four more quarterbacks hurt yesterday. Uh, Tua Dalton. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, Carson Wentz banged up, of course, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in week one, and, and we see this every year. Uh, and now the Houston Texans are playing on Thursday night, and they're confronted with this problem. Taylor's day-to-day, -day, don't know if he's going to be able to play, and sitting on the bench is Deshaun Watson, and the club has said he will not be active. So you're paying this guy $35 million a year. All of the sexual allegations and lawsuits are pending. 
Miami is rumored to want him in a trade. Two is out. The place he is, he's not playing. And you can't put him out on the field because of the circumstance. So what do you got here? This is just going to keep going on until somebody does something somewhere or the civil and criminal process plays itself out. Well, I think at this point, you just hope that the, the legal process, you know, um, happens pretty quickly so you can make a decision. Um, you know, any team that were to trade from, you would be sitting in the same position waiting on what, what happens with the case. Um, you know, I think the, the Texans in terms of PR are probably making the right decision. You know, you, you don't want this to blow up on you. Um, you know, obviously you, you, you wish well for them and um, you would love to have them back on the field, but you just can't do it with this uncertainty. And why would any team trade for him? You, you can't trade for him. Well, I mean, that's what you that's what you would think, Jim. But he's still a, a top five quarterback in the National Football League. Um, if you take away all the off the field issues, he's an extremely talented player, and he would help any team that he was on. But you don't know if he'd be able to get on the field a- until the legal process has taken his course. So there'll be a lot more twists and turns in that story before it's resolved. One thing that is pretty well resolved, Larry, is owing two teams a. Uh, really don't recover. Uh, Only three teams in history uh, in the Super Bowl era have come back from that deficit after the first two games to win a Super Bowl. The 93 Cowboys, Patriots in 2001, and the Giants in 2007. So there are a lot of teams right now, uh, 0-2, and and it's a long road back. Yet there's a 17th game here this season, and so that's never been taken into account before. If you're in a locker room of one of those 0-2 teams, how do you approach this knowing that the odds are so long, at least if history uh, can provide us uh, with with the map, and it's not a good map? Well, Jim, I think you always got to stay positive so early. I mean, you're talking about two games in the season. Um, you you got to stay positive. You got to stick with the script, believing that you can bounce back. It's just one game. You got to get a win, and then you start trying to stack after that. Um, I think it's, it's far too early to start looking at the statistics and who can make the playoffs, who can't make the playoffs, you know, you, you know, you got to just continue this to, to work at it, um, you know, do everything that you can individually to improve the odds of, of success. Um, and, and I think being a one two, I mean, it's, it's just far too early for that. Well, the Super Bowl is one equation. It's very, very difficult. But just getting into the playoffs, only 12% of the team since 1990 who've started 0-2 have made it into the postseason altogether. And if you look at the teams right now who are 0-2, the Jets, you can forget it. Same with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Colts. I think that's a long road back, particularly when you consider the Titans are uh, in that division and all the strong wildcard teams. Then you jump over to the NFC. Giants lose a heartbreaker. They're 0-2. Uh, either the Lions or the Packers uh, tonight, depending upon the outcome, will join the Vikings uh, being 0-2, and the Falcons are 0-2. Well, you can forget the Falcons. Um, what do you think about those teams that I've listed uh, and their chances of making the postseason? Well, there's two teams that you mentioned and I think have a strong uh, possibility of, you know, regaining a a good positive form. That's the Vikings and the Colts. Um, Both of them have um, explosive offenses. You know, I know T.Y. Hilton is missing right now and Carson Wentz is a little banged up. But, you know, the way they play defense, um, I think that keeps them in every single game they'll compete in. And the Vikings, you know, they they have a strong offense. Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen and Jefferson, um, Dalvin Cook. I mean, they have some potent offensive weapons that'll keep them in contention in the games. And um, both teams are one game out of first place, Jim. Um, you know, nobody has jumped out of a tool record thus far in their divisions. And I, and I think they're right there in the thick of it. And those are the two teams I would pick to, to potentially get it turned around the fastest. 
So is it time for these teams to hit the panic button? Uh, you know, you're a former player. Uh, I've never been in a locker room. Is there actually a panic button that's located someplace in that locker room? Per- because personally, even though I've done a lot of interviews, I've never really seen that button. No, there's no proverbial panic button, but there definitely is, um, you know, confusion um, and some doubt that may creep in if things are not going well. And it, and you have to also look at how you lose in these games, Jim. If they're close games um, where you're in contention and there's just a couple of mistakes being made that can be improved that, that will give you better success. You know, it also it gives you optimism, you know, as you continue to move forward throughout the season. But um, you know, I don't think it's I don't think right now teams are pushing that panic button. Um, it's, it's far too early. Larry, there's a lot of colorful language that we hear. We hear it in uh, everyday life, uh, in our conversations with one another. Yet we're always kind of astonished when we hear it come over television. And, and a lot of that has to do with the regulations that uh, uh, are in place uh, so that uh, this type of language uh, is not become prevalent. Uh, and and displayed uh, throughout uh, the common discourse, uh, particularly over the airwaves. Yet uh, John Gruden yesterday, uh, particularly colorful as we get back to officiating, uh, dropped a few of the F-bombs. Um, you're on the field uh, for all of those years, 17 years. Was that like about every other word that comes out of a player's mouth or a coach's mouth? I would say the F-word is definitely used quite often. Um often as a sign of endearment and also, you know, to get your point across something that you might disagree with, um, but it is frequently used in, uh, in a lot of different tones. Do you think it should be more normalized or, or do you think that it's just that obscene that it's going to antagonize and upset the fans, particularly the youngsters uh, who are listening? As a parent, I definitely don't want it to be popularized. <laughs> I don't need to be hearing it at home. Um, you know, I understand, you know, in competition and sports, you know, things are going to be said and hopefully the TV networks do a good job of, you know, keeping it off the airways so our children don't hear. But, you know, it's part of the game. Guys are fiery, they compete and they want to do well. We have a seven second delay right here. And uh, otherwise, uh, we would hear both you and Tom cursing me out on a regular basis. But uh, fortunately, <laughs> we have that button. You saying you've never done that? Is that why we have silence, Larry? I'm not saying that I haven't, you know, I've, I've used some, some language that I probably am, uh, you know, a little bit embarrassed to, to say I have, but, you know, I try not to do it, you know, on the airwaves now, Jim. Do you think it even matters anymore? I, I don't, I don't particularly think it, it, it matters. I mean, you don't really hear it too often on TV. Um, every once in a while, like what happened with Coach Gruden, it, 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 it slips in. Um, but, you know, often with the delay, you know, they're able to catch it. All right, Larry, let's go. It's sponsored by Ring. With Ring, you're always home. Protect your whole home. With a video doorbell, security cameras, and an award-winning alarm system, you can install yourself. Go to ring.com forward slash let's go for a special offer for a Ring Alarm home security kit today. That's ring.com slash let's go. All right, Larry, uh, we picked the games, and you are 2-1 and one on the season. I'm 1-2. and two. Didn't get off to a very good start. Uh, Snake Hagen, our producer, is picking the games. What do we have this week? Jim, Larry, the first game we're going to pick is going to be the Saints at the Patriots. Patriots are favored by three. Go ahead, Larry. In my pick, I made my picks first last week. I'll let you take the honors this week. I'm going to take 
that's a tough game. I'm going to take the Saints. I don't think that Sean Payton, uh, who came out with a great win in week one against the Packers, uh, they had all of those folks gone for COVID. Uh, I believe that most of them, hopefully most of them, if not all of them, will be back. So I'm going to take the Saints to bounce back and win that game. It's a very tough place to play in New England, but I'm going with New Orleans. I'm going to go with the Patriots. They look fantastic defensively yesterday. Um, you know, they're, they look like they're hitting their stride defensively. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Patriots. All right. The next game we have will be Bucks at the Rams. Rams and Bucks are a pick 'em at this point. I'm going with Tom Brady. I'm not picking against Tom. Go ahead and do it, Larry. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers as well. Okay. We agree on that. And finally, we have Packers at 49ers. Uh, 49ers are favored by four in this one. They lost all their running backs yesterday. Wow. We don't have the benefit of seeing the game yet this evening and see how the Packers react. So I'm going to go with the 49ers. I'm going to go with the Packers, Jim. So you're just going against – somebody's going to be ahead either by a big margin or I may pass you, Larry. No, Jim, I don't think you have the capability of doing that. Your picking has historically <laughs> been pretty poor. Anybody's at home and they're and they're picking their their teams, you know, on any of these betting sites, I wouldn't go with Jim Gray's advice. What makes you say that? Your record, Jim. Your record has been porous over the last few years. I don't think that's an accurate assessment. I, I would like to, the, to have an audit. We, hey, we can we can go to the records. You know, it's all it's all air. It's all been on air. All right, Larry. Uh, Taunting penalties. You're taunting me right now. I'm throwing a flag. 15 you yards. I, you told me you told me I can't get fined already earlier, so I'm not worried. You'll take the penalty? Hurt your team. You'll take the penalty. No <laughs> fine, but you'll take the yards. Okay. Team player, Larry Fitzgerald, killing his partner. Why not? Larry, as always, we appreciate it. No, it's going to be a rough week for you. Where are you golfing this week? <laughs> uh, I'm playing, playing – uh... No, Jim, I don't want to talk. Come on, that's not, not, don't do that to me, Jim. Come on. All right, Larry, lots of birdies for you, and we will talk to you next week. I look forward to it, Jim. Good luck with your picks. <laughs> that's the great Larry Fitzgerald with us every week. If you missed any part of this episode, you can download it. Let's go with Larry Fitzgerald. It's available wherever you stream your podcast. Subscribe today, give us a five-star rating, and leave a review. You can also Gain a lot of knowledge here about who to pick and win. Don't believe for one second that Larry has won over the past 15 years. My record's way better. You can also interact with our show. Email us your questions to letsgo at SiriusXM.com. Thanks to our producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, production assistance by Harris Fabishoff, and to our sponsors, USAA, Ring, United Wholesale Mortgage, Del Frisco's, and Golden Nugget. Let's Go Podcast with Larry Fitzgerald was produced by 199 Productions in collaboration with Scratchy Productions. Talk to you again next Monday night right here on Sirius XM. Sirius XM Podcasts.